Welcome to Medicare for All Explained. This podcast will enlighten our listeners and dispel the distortions that surround Medicare for All. Medicare for All Explained is produced in collaboration with Physicians for a National Health Program and is hosted and produced by Joe Sparks. I'm your host, Joe Sparks. This is episode 59, Medicaid Expansion, Missouri, and the Will of the People. My guest, Tracy Gleason, is Vice President of External Relations for the Missouri Budget Project. Before joining the Missouri Budget Project, she worked on public policy issues at all levels of government, federal, state, and local. Ms. Gleason also worked as a federal representative for the state of California, held positions with the U.S. Senate Committee on Finance, and worked for the city of Kansas City, Missouri. Ms. Gleason earned a Master of Public Policy from the University of California, Berkeley, and bachelor's degrees in psychology and mathematics from Crichton University. Tracy Gleason, welcome to Medicare for All Explained. Good to be here. Thanks for talking with me today, Joe. So we're going to discuss the Medicaid expansion in Missouri, which has turned out to be more interesting than one might think. But I'd like to start, could you just please explain what your position is with the Missouri Budget Project and what the Missouri Budget Project does? Sure. I'm a vice president for external affairs with the Missouri Budget Project, and we are a statewide nonprofit organization that provides research on state budget, tax, health, and economic issues. Our mission is to improve the quality of life for all Missourians, and we know that these policies play a major role in in the everyday lives of people. So we want to make sure that we're a resource for policymakers, for community makers, or for community members, and um, provide the information that they need to um, to have to really be involved in the legislative and policymaking process. So Missouri is one of the states that did not pass the Medicaid expansion that was available through the Affordable Care Act. And in August of 2020, there was a vote and Missourians approve expanding Medicaid. What is the status of that? Well, as you mentioned, voters approved it in August 2020, um, but then it kind of became mired in legislative shenanigans. And at this point in time, the governor took action to say that based on his interpretation of state budget, that there hadn't been funding for it. And therefore, he withdrew federal paperwork, um, a state plan amendment that is part of the official process of states expanding Medicaid. He withdrew Missouri's amendment and said, we aren't going to be able to move forward on July 1st. Um, a lawsuit has been filed, and I'm sure we'll get into to this a little bit more, um, but a lawsuit has been filed um, asking the court to intervene and ensure that Missouri expands Medicaid on July 1st, as was scheduled and was approved by voters. So was the governor saying because the funding wasn't in the referendum that he couldn't fund it? 
Um, yeah, there's been some argument about about that um, fundamentally because of the way Missouri funds Medicaid. You know, we don't fund we fund services through the state budget. We don't fund population groups. So we don't have a line item for the adult expansion population, but there's no line item for kids or Missourians with disabilities or anything like that either. Um, So the funding is, there is funding for Medicaid in the budget. The state constitution, um, the, the referendum that voters passed, expanded eligibility and therefore the state needs to cover whoever is eligible which includes those adults eligible within the medicaid expansion guidelines correct well the state has to fund because again it's not funded by population group the state then um covers whoever is eligible for Medicaid, and voters said that includes those those adults. Okay, so another question. What is Missouri's current level of funding for Medicaid? Well, and, and I think that brings up an, a point that is important within kind of how things would proceed moving forward, because this is entitlement program, which means that you can't just say we are going to fund it at X number of dollars. And it always ends up that over the course of the year, estimates are estimates. And oftentimes the legislature has to come back in and say, okay, we over or underestimated how much Medicaid was going, how much various services through Medicaid were going to cost. And we'll pass additional um additional supplemental appropriations bills that will make up for any difference between estimates and what the true costs are. And what are the current eligibility requirements for Medicaid in Missouri? Medicaid in Missouri, you know, until expansion takes effect, Um, We have some of the strictest eligibility for custodial parents and childless adults in the country. It's really, it's the lowest amount allowed by federal law. So if you're a low-wage Missourian and you are not a custodial parent, you cannot access Medicaid services at all unless you fall into some of the other covered categories like a pregnant woman, a senior, or a person with disability. If you are a parent who, again, has custody of of your children, um, you can earn no more than about $388 a month, and that's for a family of three. Um, And so you you can't really have a, a job and be working and still be eligible for Medicaid. And so what's happened in Missouri and other states that haven't already expanded is that they fall into what's called this coverage gap. So the Affordable Care Act um, has tax credit that it has enabled, kind of supplements the cost of health insurance. But because it was all originally designed to work together, um, it only covers folks if they make more than 100% of the federal poverty level. 
because Missouri's eligibility stops at about 21% of the federal poverty level. All of those folks that earn, you know, are, are, are working and can't possibly, you know, afford the high cost of medical care through their employer or on the exchange have no assistance at all because they basically earn too little um, to qualify for those tax credits, but too much to qualify for Medicaid. Do you know the national average for the federal poverty level for people to be eligible for Medicaid? I think I have that. So what's made it, what skewed that a bit is the fact that most states have now enacted Medicaid expansion, which puts a whole lot of states at that 138% of poverty. And actually, I wouldn't have anything current for what those other states are. I know that basically in Missouri, we are the lowest level allowed under federal law. And I think we're tied with a handful, three other states, maybe two or three other states at that 21% eligibility level. Most states have now adopted expansion. They see the health and economic benefits, um, you know, leaving Missouri in the dust in that way. Well, one of the things that the governor is saying is that the referendum didn't supply funding, so he can't do Medicaid expansion. So let me just ask a very basic question. Can Missouri afford to pay for the Medicaid expansion? Yes, absolutely. And there's really two pieces of your question in my mind. Um, one is, you know, looking at this, the, the current year, Missouri's legislature appropriated plenty of money to cover the cost of, of Medicaid and with some other funds that it included that, that would actually cover Medicaid expansion likely as well, because they set aside money in a Medicaid sta stabilization fund that would really cover the cost of Medicaid eligible Missourians. What the governor is referring to is basically saying, you know, the legislature went back and forth on this and they were very, talking very specifically about funding for this specific population that would be covered under the uh, expansion. So the adult expansion group, if you will. Talked a lot about that. Ultimately, the way they, they, they did the whole process was they pulled out money for that group. They didn't do that for any other group. They don't say, here is how we're funding Medicaid for children, or here is how we're funding Medicaid for pregnant women. They fund doctor's visits, they fund prescription drugs, they fund hospitalization. So ultimately, um, because they provided funding, so I'm sorry, so I should, I should actually back up with that, because the legislature falsely separated out that population group as if it was somehow unique. And because they didn't then fund that population group nominally, the governor has said, hey, look, the legislature didn't provide funding. And I want to give Governor Parson credit. He provided funding for Medicaid expansion in the budget that he proposed and sent to legislators. But the legislators had this back and forth. Ultimately, after kind of falsely defining this group, they did not provide that funding. Um, and the governor then said, well, you know, they didn't include it. We, we need to withdraw from expansion. 
But because Missourians deemed last summer that low-wage Missourians, those Missourians under that 138% of federal poverty level, Missouri voters said, we think those, should, those folks should be eligible for expansion. And so because we don't appropriate Medicaid funds by eligibility category, um, and we just fund them by service, because those Missourians are eligible, the legislature really already funded the services for any eligible, any Missourian who's eligible for Medicaid in the state of Missouri. So just to summarize what you're saying, basically, the governor said we could fund it. Some state legislatures said, no, this is an excuse for why we can fund it. And the governor said, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think, and I don't, you know, want to speak for the governor, but, um, you know, looked at it and said, well, the legislators, you know, said this, therefore, you know, wasn't comfortable moving forward. Now, one of the things when it comes to funding Medicaid expansion, isn't it true that states that have done that have found that it saves money in other areas and actually has a positive effect on the budgets? Yes. And and that's really kind of the second part of the question. There was debate saying, okay, looking long term, um, can the, the state of Missouri afford it? And yes, the bottom line from what we have seen in all of the other states that have expanded is yes, that we absolutely can. Um, and that comes from the fact that the federal government pays 90% of the cost of expansion. And the state of Missouri, like a lot of other states, currently covers a lot of health services that we pay either 100% of or just our current state match. So whereas we might have gotten 65% of the cost, we would now get 90 so we can kind of pocket some savings to existing programs there, plus the fact that there is going to be a $2 billion infusion of federal funds to the state of Missouri when, when expansion is implemented. And those federal funds coming into our state create jobs, not just in the healthcare sector, um, but they create jobs in other sectors as well. So the state then sees additional income and sales tax revenue that further increases the revenue that we we have um, in the state of Missouri. And that's been shown in state after state. These are no longer projections. These are no longer, we estimate this is what's going to happen. We have seen it play out in every other state that's done this. No state that has expanded Medicaid has had to come back and raise taxes in order to pay for it. So for example, um, in Louisiana, the state saved $199 million one year because of the, the higher federal match rate for Medicaid populations. Um, Virginia reduced state costs by $421 million. That was funding that they were then able to allocate to, to other budget priorities like education. And again, you know, those are just a couple of examples that we have seen. Um, Louisiana showed in various studies that they did both those savings to their existing budget and increased revenue as well. And this is what we fully expect to see in Missouri. There's no reason to think that Missouri would be any different than any of the other states that have already done this. So again, I want to 
summarize what you're saying is what you're saying is Missouri can afford to fund it because ultimately it will actually save money and give the state money that he can spend for other priorities. Absolutely. Um, you know, one additional point to that is because of the American Rescue Plan that passed earlier in the spring, Missouri is eligible for an additional $1.15 billion, which is a federal incentive that would support our current Medicaid program. Now, these are, again, other funds that would free up state resources that could be invested in education and other priorities, but we will only see them once expansion is implemented. And that is just a carrot that was included in the American Rescue Plan um, to incentivize states that hadn't expanded Medicaid to go ahead and do so. One of the questions I have is, well, Missouri is so concerned about its budget. On your website, you said that the Missouri Budget Project said that about $1 billion is spent on corporate giveaways and tax loopholes for either corporations or people who don't need it. You didn't quite phrase it that way. So if Missouri's so concerned about this, why don't they take that $1 billion and invest it in other areas? Sure. Missouri, for, for the last 20 years or more, has been cutting um, its revenue. While the revenue kind of looks like it grows over time because it it does in a you know flat dollar amount. When you look at inflation, we have less revenue coming in to support our budget than we did um, prior to when a major change to the constitution was made that kind of limited um, revenue increases. So those are choices that legislators have made over time. And, you know, when you hear about other states, Kansas, because it's a neighbor comes to mind, that had this massive tax experiment a few years ago, it all went into effect really quick and you could see the results of it. In Missouri, it's been a death by a thousand cuts or, you know, the proverbial frog in a frying pan or, or boiling or whatever it is that you do with frogs. But where it happens so slowly over a long period of time that people fail to to recognize or kind of connect the dots between tax cuts that sometimes are passed and several years go by before they're actually implemented and the effect that it that it has on our ability to to kind of provide the critical services that we all rely on and, and allow our communities to thrive. One of the things in this country is that there's a myth that some people believe that the government is never the solution. And I firmly believe that sometimes government is the solution to problems. Could you comment on that? You know, I think that there are so many things that that our taxes provide that, that we kind of just turn a blind eye toward. And, you know, that fundamentally... Our communities, these are things that benefit us all. It benefits us all when our children are well-educated. It benefits us all when we have a healthy community and a healthy workforce. 
and that people can get care when they need it. You know, ultimately, folks that, that would become eligible for care through Medicaid expansion, they'll be able to have to treat their chronic conditions. They'll be able to manage their diabetes. They'll be able to manage asthma. They'll become aware of problems in early stages and treat them. When those things are left untreated, unmanaged, undetected, they turn into bigger problems later that are often dealt with in emergency rooms or through uncompensated care. And fundamentally, people end up picking up the tab later when it's more expensive. Um, so, you know, we have, we all have an economic stake in it, but we also have that very real, um, when folks are able to make sure that they're able to access healthcare, they're better members of the community, they're more present for their children, they're more productive at work. It all works together and benefits us all. I would agree with that. Before we end, is there anything that you would like to add? You know, I want to actually go back to the the previous discussion of Missouri using that one billion dollars, and you know there is there is that death by a thousand cuts that, that I talked about. But again, fundamentally, the state of Missouri doesn't need that money to expand Medicaid. Um, we have the money and federal assistance and enhanced federal matching rates have doubled down on that. We have plenty of money to do it, to cover any startup costs that there might be. And state after state has shown that in the long run, we're able to do it. It will help our communities. It will help Missourians and it'll help the state budget as well. Well, I hope that Missouri ends up doing the Medicaid expansion because as you said, it would be a great help to the people who need it and it would help Missouri too because it would save money. Tracy, thank you so much for being on Medicare for All Explained. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to Medicare for All Explained. Remember to tell your family, friends, and colleagues about this podcast. Information about Medicare for All Explained can be found at our website, medicareforallexplained.org. The music for this show is Super Bubbly by Jesse Spillane. The logo was created by Lily Sparks. Thank you for listening.